everyone, this is Larry from WSTrades.com. This podcast is about trading stocks and stock options. Any information in these podcasts should not be construed as advice. It's for educational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors. Hey everyone, this is Larry and James from WSTrades.com doing our weekly update podcast. How's it going, James? It's going pretty good, man. How are you doing? Good. Surviving. All right. Uh, you want to go over any opening or closing trade you had last week? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's, I guess uh, every week we make it where we don't blow up our accounts and, you know, we can keep trading. That's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, surviving indeed. Um, I don't think I had any closers this past week. Let me see what I got into. Um on oh wait I put some stupid filter pulled up on here sorry showing me stuff like back in june and i was like what the heck okay so this past week it looks like iwm i got a position on for november there that's the uh russell 2000 etf or yeah etf um so i sold a call spread i know they uh, kind of made a move down with the sell-off that's been going on recently. And I was kind of thinking of going to the put side on it. And I'm like, nah, I need to, you know, stick to my thing and continue to play the call side on some stuff as well. And they made a pretty good move down. So um, I sold a three-wide call spread. The short is 233. That's for November. And they kind of been chopping around. We talked about it before. They got kind of a weird chart where they made this massive run up and they've just been stuck in this channel forever. So I felt pretty good about going up to uh, 233 as the short there. Um, so that was one trade I got on. And then it looks like the Qs. I went on the put side for the Qs for November 19th. Uh, the short put there is 346. That was a put spread, and then let's see here. Oh, maybe after the market moved down um, a few days later in the week, it looks like I went to the put side for IWM as well. So I actually turned that thing into an iron condor, and then I got my ARKK position on for no. Um, Oh, actually, I got my ARKK. This is actually October. So I think with the big move down that ARKK made, I decided to go Iron Condor on that as well. I had call spread already. That's like super far away from the money now uh, with the big pullback in the market. So I went down on ARKK and I did a short put of 106. So I turned that thing into an Iron Condor. That's an October expiration. Um SMH, that one is the semiconductor ETF, and that made a big move down as well. So I sold a put spread to turn that position for October into an iron condor. Um, I think they were trading up around like 270 at one point, and then they pulled back pretty hard. So my short put there is uh, 250. Um, and then XLV, that's the healthcare ETF, I think. That's been cooking pretty good for a while, and they finally started to sell off. So I turned my October position into an iron condor there as well. Uh, my short put is 125. Um, and then November again, uh, Jets. I just sold a 22 put 
I think they're trading around 24 or something right now. Um, and then KRE, that is the regional banking ETF, I think. I sold a put on that one. Um, looks like the 60 put, so that's pretty far away from the money. And then I went uh, into November for SMH as well, and I got a put spread on there. Uh, 235 is my short put. And yeah, I think that's it for opening trades. So it looks like some all opening trades there for me. Um, yeah, that's all I had. Okay. Uh, I didn't have a whole lot going on. Only one opening trade. Uh, the rest I had some closing trades. Um, first, I closed out of my Lumen long call on, which is ticker symbol L-U-M-N. Uh, on Monday, they just gapped up and implied volatility like got jacked on the thing and i was like okay after that move and you know the whole market's been selling off but they're still you know chugging higher i was like i don't know this thing's primed for a pullback so ended up taking profits at uh 36 and i'm glad i did because had i not done that and held to expiration which was on friday i would have lost 25 percent on it so uh glad i got out of that one uh, CEI, that's the one I went long shares last week. I had no idea what the company was, what they were about, uh, but they hit. I had some extra capital in my account. So I just pulled up my unusual volume scanner and it had made like a 7% move, but there was a lot of volume in it. So I was like, eh, screw it. I'm just going to go long as many shares as I can. And then now all of a sudden this thing's one of those like pump and dump uh, all over Reddit and Weeble and everything. And I think they made like a and, well, I'm not going to pull the chart up, but it was like a 100% move or something stupid. It just kept on and kept on flying. So I ended up selling my shares up uh, 28% on that. And, you know, had I held longer, I could have got even more. But I'm not <laughs> into the playing the penny stocks for these pump and dump things. So I'll take profits. Uh, XL closed out of this one early as well. I had rolled it. Uh, it expired last month, and I ended up rolling it again into uh, the October expiration and they just had this massive move one day and same thing as you know with my lumen I was like nah this thing's not going to sustain it's coming back down so now the uh, implied volatility got jacked on this thing and there's a whole bunch of extrinsic value I'm going to close out of this so I closed out of it at a loss but it was a very small loss and again same thing they just died off so uh, what it ended up losing a bunch of money um, then I went long, this is my only opening position. I went long TQQQ shares because looking at the chart, I'm down right now, uh, not much, but looking at the Qs, I think this, the QQQ, uh, NASDAQ is kind of bottomed out. So hopefully I'm right. Uh, if not got my stop loss in ready to, you know, close out of that one whenever. Cause, uh, last time we had that sell off in July, NASDAQ came down, the Qs came down to about 352 level, and we almost hit that again, uh, but it looks like it's kind of stabilizing around, got a nice support level at around like 358-ish. So, you know, hopefully we start seeing a move up from here. Uh, if not, like I said, I've got my stops in. And the one that really got me this week was Palantir, P-L-T-R, with max loss on my... Uh, Put spread on them and that thing just got crushed that thing was selling off super hard and then yeah just uh i figured i'd just hold on to it to friday since i 
you know, just got completely crushed and ended up going max loss on that. Um, but I played super close to the money when I sold it. So I want to say it was a one wide and I got paid like 40 bucks. So not a huge crushing move, but still, you know, max loss and it sucked. And that was all I had. Yeah, I'm looking at PLTR right now, and yeah, they were doing pretty good and a nice uptrend for quite a while, and then, yeah, they really started to struggle, and then, yeah, this past week, they just completely fell off a cliff from, I don't know, around 28 bucks or something, all the way down to, like, 24, so yeah, that was a pretty nasty move down, for sure. Yeah, what sucks is, you know, I like to take profits, but... I noticed a lot of times if I just kind of chill out, as long as I'm, you know, nothing's changed in a chart or whatever, if I just chill out, then, you know, I can get even more profit or go max profit on my trades. And at one point I was up like 68% on that trade. And then last week just freaking destroyed it. It just got blasted right through my puts. Yeah, like on some of those positions, it's definitely a good idea to see sometimes just take profit when you see the big surge like you're talking about because i know with me too i do a lot of uh swing trade stuff where i'm holding stuff for like a couple weeks uh sometimes even a month especially like on the futures and the indexes but i see these crazy swings where they make these hard surges in one day and there's like this fat profit that i'm staring at and i'm like well I wanted to hold it until this point, you know, or until it got to the new all-time high. And then the next day, everything goes away. And, like, we've seen a lot of that lately with the sell-off, you know, where things are really dumping. And then, the you know, the buyers step back in for one day. And then my stuff's looking great. And then the next day, it's in the garbage can again. And it's like, you know, if you can actually spend the time to do all of those different, you know, swing trades. And, you know, you're not day trading it. But sometimes you might just hold it for a day or a couple days I think there's a lot of money to be made, you know, with all these little ebbs and flows of the stocks and the markets. Yeah, for sure. It kind of reminds me these past few weeks of uh, the Corona crash, but not as amplified where you'd see, you know, just li not limit down anymore, but you'd see limit down. And then the next day, for whatever reason, it's just green as hell. And, you know, like you were saying, you know, you're, have a position on that's looking great and then all of a sudden nope not anymore yeah like even on pltr like one day let's zoom in here a little bit on the daily but one day they were up around 30 and then the next day they were down around 26 it's like a four dollar swing you know and those were only a day apart so yeah sometimes when you just see that profit it's good to just take it because then the next day it can vanish pretty quick yep uh, so the topic I wanted to go over, uh, just I've been thinking about it for a while, was like avoiding what they call uh, indicator overload. Like I know a lot of people, you know, they pull up their charts and they've got like 50 indicators and they're you know trying to decipher, OK, well, this is doing this, this is doing this. And uh, had one of my buddies ask me, well, you know, how many indicators should I use? And. My answer was as many as you can keep track of, like without, you know, having to spend 10 minutes looking at a chart and going through, you know, the MACD and the TTM and the uh, VWAP and everything. It's like if you can quickly look at a chart and, you know, whatever indicators, then, you know, cool. But, you know, once you start getting into 
you know, having, like I said, like 20 indicators on your chart, then, you know, you just start kind of losing focus in my opinion. Um, and I think a really important thing is people need to know what the indicators are actually doing. Like, uh, what, you know, there's a lot of people that say, Oh, well, you know, the MACD crossed on the histogram. So that's a buy signal. Well, it's important to know, you know, what the MACD is, what caused that, uh, quote unquote buy signal. And like for the MACD, it's, uh, exponential moving averages crossing over. So it's the 12 and the 26 and when they cross and then the, uh, if you're looking at it, the center line of the MACD is the nine period exponential moving average. Uh, same thing with like the TTM squeeze, the, uh, People, you know, they'll look at it and they know that, you know, the dots are it's firing or it's squeezing, but they don't know what that means, like what the price action is that's causing that. So they're just like, OK, well, it's, you know, it's green, it fired, it's going to, you know, either shoot up or shoot down wherever the histogram's at. But they don't know that that's, you know, the Bollinger Bands uh, compressing inside of the Keltner channels, which means that, you know, price action is kind of just, you know, if it's red. Uh, quote unquote squeezing then it's the price is just consolidating so knowing that it's consolidating you know that there's you know buyers and sellers are just kind of chilling out and it's probably going to make a move a substantial move either higher or lower because it's consolidating um, and the uh, histogram is based off of momentum which you know the momentum indicator you can throw on your chart by itself but that just price action like how quickly it's either moving up or down and you know i don't know it's just i think it's important to know what the indicators are not just you know if it does this buy it if it does this you know short it yeah for sure and that's a really good point there about like the ttm squeeze and talking about the different components and like you know what's actually happening when you see the red dot like and like you're saying exactly what does that mean and which part of the indicator is more like for trend and um you know i've noticed i don't use like a ton of indicators i mean i've looked at different ones at different times and uh you know but i don't have like 10 indicators or like 50 indicators on my chart when i pull up you know a stock but I think it's important too, like like you're saying, you definitely don't want so many that you're just going to get overwhelmed or you don't want like so many uh, criteria to be met. Like, you know, you don't want to see like a buy signal from like 15 different indicators because I don't, you know, I don't know how often all that stuff is going to line up. So yeah, you definitely want to keep it simple to a certain point, but um, I think it's good too, like to combine like different kinds of indicators um, to like enter a trade along with price action. I think price action is really important too, but like, you know, if you're just doing a bunch of indicators that are all based on like momentum and they're all kind of just like telling you the same thing, then it's not really diverse enough. Um, same thing if you're like just only looking at stuff that's only related to trends um like i've got a list pulled up here um just about indicator categories and like some of them are talking about momentum like the rsi and the macd and then um some of them also talk about trend or you know telling you kind of about trends like uh, moving averages when you you know you see those crossover and stuff and parabolic sar 
And then you also have other indicators that are more related to like volatility, uh, you know, things like Bollinger Bands or Keltner Channels, um, standard deviation. And then you have chart study stuff like the Fibonacci's um, trend lines, like, um, you know, they could be dynamic trend lines or, you know, trend lines that you just draw yourself to kind of show an uptrend or a downtrend. But I think it's good to like combine, you know, maybe uh, indicators from different categories to kind of give you the bigger picture rather than just focusing in on like things that are only related maybe like to trend or like moving averages or something like that because you might be missing things um you're not going to get like the big picture or the full picture of like everything that's going on and i think you know the price action piece is like really key too because sometimes like you can uh see some indicators and they're telling you you know this is like a sell or this is a buy but sometimes if you don't combine it with price action um then you know it's going to lead to possible bad trade entries or trade exits yeah 100 percent. i <clears throat> there's not a trade i get into that i don't look at the price action and i'm looking for support and resistance areas you know i'll, I'll use like an indicator uh for a scanner and it's just to bring my attention to that uh whatever ticker there's 0% chance I'm going to go long on something if I'm like, uh, if it's just about to hit some sort of uh, resistance level, I think price action is for sure the best way to trade. And you should, you know, like, like I said, I just use indicators to bring my attention to something. But if you look at charts long enough, then you'll know that support and resistance is probably the best way to trade and having your, you know, trend lines drawn only takes a few seconds. Um, there's a few programs if you use Thinkorswim that uh, can do it automatically. They don't work great, but you know if you're having that hard of a, a time uh, finding support and resistance, then you can you know check those out. Uh, you just Google um, Thinker or ThinkScript and auto support and resistance or trend lines or something. Uh, but yeah, like you said, man, price action is you definitely got to take a look at that. Yeah, and I think the indicators are cool because, like, you know, we all have our, like, favorite indicators that we like to use, whether they're, you know, we're looking at, like, moving averages crossing over or we really uh, use RSI, which I use RSI a lot, especially on the indexes, because typically when indexes get beat down into the oversold area, they don't stay there for too long unless it's, like, corona crash or something, you know, uh, economic collapse or something. But in general, when those go into the oversold area, it's a great deal and a great buy. Um, but I think like it's always good to have those indicators, like you're saying, to alert you to stuff, because especially like in Thinkorswim, you can always be looking at your favorite stocks and you're like checking out things like the RSI and the Bollinger Bands and, you know, the TTM squeeze and all this good mm -hmm. stuff. But the cool thing about Thinkorswim is you can easily turn a lot of indicators into scanners and then you can have Thinkorswim, you know, based on the certain indicators that you use, it can go out there and sweep through like every freaking stock that's out there and then show you a list every day like, hey, these are, you know, these stocks are doing this or, you know, these stocks are hitting this scanner. And like, um, I think it's a great way to bring attention to something and like 
when you were saying too about you know you're really trading a lot off of trend lines support and resistance um you know i think those levels are super key too but then you know you're also we we're both talking about that price action i think that is super important too because you see these all the time these key levels of like support and resistance and the price is approaching it and like a lot of people are looking at those levels and we want to see like if something is selling off super hard and it's approaching like a key support level you know everybody's looking at it and they want to see how does the price react does it reject it super hard or does it just sell right through it and you know um i think that like you're saying you've got to be able to combine you know the indicators with the price action i think to get the best entries yeah for sure and that's you know that's why you both use thinkorswim because it's so powerful like uh if you go over to the website wstrades.com you know we've got all the indicators and scanners and stuff that we built i just added um a label for the parabolic SAR because i had it on my chart before and i was like man things are getting a little too cluttered here so now you can grab uh, the label over there and it just tells you if it's a long signal or a short signal and where uh, that stop loss level is at. And uh, the indicators, like for me, like I don't like having a lot of stuff on my chart, uh, especially the lower uh, indicators. So what you can do with Thinkorswim is like I do, like you can combine multiple indicators into one indicator and uh, then, you know, you've only got one thing, but you just, you know, like I said before, you need to know what's causing the indicator to do what it's doing. Like the, um, the MTM indicator that I made and it's over on the website, it's a combination of the TTM squeeze and price action, uh, around the 21. So, you know, if you know what it's doing, you know, then you don't even have to look at the chart technically. If you're looking at the indicator, you know, okay, it's, you know, green. So it's trading above the 21 and momentum on the histogram is trending up. And, you know, that's, yeah, I don't know. That's why I'd love Thinkorswim, man. You can do anything with this program. Yeah, and you've done a lot more than I have in there. Like you're talking about combining several indicators into one. And, like, you've also built out some really cool scanners where, you know it's got to meet certain criteria you made like some uh, scanners that like are looking at a couple indicators and you know a couple things have to line up so you'll get a lot of stuff populated in there like every day for you to look at and then you've made more specific uh more picky scanners which i think is really cool too like if you want to see you know seven different things uh you know seven different indicators do you know at a certain point for a stock before you know that scanner is going to catch that stock and bring it to your attention i mean i think that's pretty awesome too that you just have that ability to be uh you know to program and like do whatever you want you can combine like you're saying you can combine you know whatever indicators whatever you want to do um makes a scanner that's like super picky and it's only going to show you like one or two things a day if you're lucky or something that's going to go out there and give you a lot more to look at you know depending on kind of what you know what your style of trading is and if you if you like looking at a bunch of stuff that you know might have uh 
you know, some interesting stuff going on in the charts or, you know, if you just want something really that's not going to provide you 100 stocks a day to look at, you know, it might only provide you one. But if it provides you that one stock, you know, this is something you're really going to have a high chance of making a trade on. Yeah, for sure. I know I have pretty sure I put them on the website. I'm not sure uh, I made golden bull and golden bear scanners. And I, th I think there's like seven or eight uh, criteria that has to be met before anything hits that scanner. So, you know, you'll be lucky if it picks up three a day in either of them. But, you know, once something hit that scanner, then, you know, it's more than likely going to, you know, again, look at the price action. You know, if it hits that bullish scanner, it's more than likely going to start making a move up. Yeah, for sure. I definitely have those in there and I've taken looks at them. And yeah, sometimes, you know, some of those scanners that are super picky won't really show me anything for the day. Um, but yeah, when they do, you know, it's something that's, you know, you're really going to have your eye on. Yeah. Um, all right. I guess that's all I had on that topic. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? Um, no, I think we covered it pretty good. All right, you looking at anything, getting into any trades next week? Yeah, let me see here what's going on. So I was all the way down like at SMH. Let me see here for November stuff. Um, SPY? Yeah, I guess I don't have a November position on, it, on SPY yet, and I'm probably going to play the put side with the fat sell-off. I think I'll take my chances on a put spread there for November. Um Another one, TLT. They've made a big move down, so I might play the put side on TLT as well. Let me actually pull up their chart here because I know they're right in around 150 for a long time. Oh, yeah, they made a big dip down. So now they're starting to pop back up a little bit. So, well, let me throw up a trend line here really quick. Well, they were kind of in an uptrend, and then they really started to go into a channel and really consolidate, and now they've fallen through. So, yeah, I don't know. I might have to think about what I'm going to do with TLT here. But I guess if they come back up maybe around that 146 and then start to go down again, I might play the call side on them. Probably keep an eye and see kind of what they're up to this week. But I need a November position for that. And then what else here? XBI. I think that is like a biotech ETF or something. They've had a pretty big move down too, I think. Let me pull that up really quick. Yeah, actually, they've been moving down for a while. They were up at like 175 at one point. And then they sold off. Now they've kind of been consolidating, I guess, for a while. They've been trading like between 140 and 120. Like... Geez, all the way back to March. So they're stuck in like consolidation. Um, they are below the 21 right now. So I guess I'll probably be okay going either side on XBI, but I need a November position there. And then let's see, XLV, that's the healthcare ETF. Um, it's the one I turned into an iron condor for October. So I've got to get a position on there. Let me take a look at their chart. I think they were in a crazy ugly chart. Yeah, they were in an uptrend for a while, and now they fell through, so I'm probably going to play the call side on that because 
when I draw out my trend line, they busted through that probably a couple weeks ago. And yeah, they're it's pretty ugly. So I'll probably play the call side on XLV for November and then XME. This is like a metal and mining ETF or something. Let me see if it says here. Yeah, metals mining ETF. I think I've been selling puts on this one. This one's pretty much just been consolidating. It was like in an uptrend for a while. Then it hit about 48 bucks and then it sold off down to around 38, 39. And it's just kind of been going sideways trading within a range. So um, probably be safe with a call spread or a put either way. I want to play that, but um, yeah, probably sell a put there on XME for November. Nice. Um, I'm just going to run over one bullish and one bearish stock. Um, Ticker symbol FFIE, which is Faraday Future Intelligent. Uh, I'm not getting into either of these right now, but if you pull up that uh, Faraday, this thing's like right at a key level right now. If this thing and its price action is kind of, if you're just using price action, I think this thing might start trekking up. But if you throw the indicators at it, you've got the MACD crossed over and the uh, momentum on the TTM squeeze histogram fell off and it's about to cross under to the uh, bearish side. So I'm definitely going to set an alert right at that like 885 level and see if this thing crosses under that. If it does, I think this thing's going to freaking die hard. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. And yeah, you're right around that $9, maybe just a little bit below it. They... So I'm guessing this is something that hasn't been trading too long or something, or it's a new symbol or something, because I don't have much data on it. Yeah, it starts like July 22nd. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing there. So yeah, they started out, of course, like all IPOs, and then they, well, not all, but a lot, and then they just sell off immediately. <laughs> it's like up around 17 on the first day. <laughs> then it's like, all right, here comes the sell-off. But yeah, they can't, they haven't really, like you're saying, been able to go below I guess the low is 870 and that was back in August, August 26th. So yeah, on the RSI, on the daily, it's pretty much oversold. So I wouldn't be surprised like if the, you know, the next candle is a fat green bullish engulf or something, maybe this thing's going to go on a little run. Yeah, we'll see. I'm definitely going to set my alert to, you know, see if it closes underneath that like eight and 80 ish level. And if it does for sure going, uh, calls on or selling calls on this one wait is there any didn't even check if there's options oh there is there's weeklies oh wow they're doing weeklies on it okay yeah that's definitely an interesting one and if it starts to have some good price action that might be something to go long on because it did go up on the daily and hit about 70 on the rsi a couple times uh september 17th and then September 24th. So yeah, if that thing's down in the oversold and then tries to make a move up, that thing might make a nice little run again. Yep. And bullishly, I am looking at EPD. It's another one I'm just, I'm not, you know, doing anything yet, not going long, but it's just got this nice consolidation going on right now. And again, uh, just looking at the price level, nothing's really happening. It's, you know, tried to sell under 
like that 2140 level for the past week or so and it just keeps bouncing off of it and then you throw the indicators at it rsi is looking nice like right in the middle uh ttm histogram starting to turn to the bullish side and the macd as well so uh definitely keep an eye on that if it starts making a move higher then i think there's you know nothing stopping it from hitting like 23 bucks in a hurry yeah that's been selling off for a little while and yeah it was up around 25 26 bucks and yeah it's been getting beat down pretty good so it was actually on september 20th it was like 24 on the rsi or even lower maybe so yeah that thing was recently oversold and then is trying to pick back up um so yeah i could see that thing if it makes a nice move from here going on a little bit of a run oh there's one more uh and this is another bullish one this is one i called out a couple weeks ago i think uh open oh yeah once they crossed over that 20 dollar level they're the sellers cannot get this thing under it. So uh, I'd actually like to see it kind of come back down to that level. And then uh, before I went long, so I could get some better pricing. But unless the market keeps on selling off, then, you know, I think 20 is a really nice support level for this thing. Yeah, taking a look right now on the daily. Yeah, they definitely in a pretty good uptrend for a while. Yeah, and that last candle, it looks like the sellers won a little bit on Friday, but then there's a pretty fat wick sticking out on the bottom. So looks like the buyers tried to eat up what they could and still trying to pump it higher. Yeah, the only thing that worries me about this one, it's uh, it's like an app that you can sell your house. You know, you don't need to have a, a realtor. And the housing market just seems like it's, ready for a fat correction like i don't even know like in our area there are no homes for sale anymore yeah. and you know as soon as there is it just gets gobbled up immediately so i just i don't know like what their numbers are going to be if you know no one even has a house to sell yeah that's a good point with with inventory low um yeah that's definitely a good point if uh, blackrock buy them all or is that the deal yeah, probably. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, that thing touched over both twice pretty recently. Um, yeah, on September 7th and then the 27th and then backed off pretty nicely and then just, yeah, curious to see if it's going to try to make another run at the overbought area or if it's going to back off a little bit on the RSI. Yeah, that's why when I first made the uh, technical analysis video on them. I didn't think they were going to make it above that 20 level this trip. I thought they were going to hit it and then sell off. And then because the RSI was super high, so I thought, all right, they're going to hit it, bounce off, and then you know continue this nice little uptrend. And then once things kind of chill, then they'll blast through it. But they didn't give a damn what I thought. They just blasted right through it immediately. Yeah, for sure. That's a let me see back to yeah i guess it's a couple months well a little over a month maybe a month and a half august 19th they were trading around 14 bucks and then yeah they made a move all the way up to almost 21 so yeah it's a pretty good rip 
All right. Uh, before we take off, I wanted to, I kind of briefly mentioned it uh, during the podcast, but I didn't, uh, didn't say anything on YouTube or whatever, but I did add that parabolic SAR label that you can download on the website. It's under the, uh, the downloads tab. And I think I added, if I didn't, I'll do it uh, later tonight. There's a scanner that goes along with it and uh, that uses the parabolic SAR and the MACD to pick up uh, tickers. So like I said, if I haven't added that yet, I'll, I'll add it tonight. And uh, also, if you guys that are listening use Thinkorswim and you're looking for something specific like a scanner to pick up whatever, um, an indicator, a label, you know, whatever, just you can either add, add a comment here or over at the YouTube page. Just search WS Trades and uh, let us know over there and we'll see if we can take care of you. Nice, man. Sounds good. All right, I guess I'll see you on the next one. All right, man. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the WS Trades podcast. If you are not subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe. Also head over to YouTube and search for WS Trades. You'll find us there as well. We've got trading updates as we make our trades over there and also educational videos so you can learn about different strategies within the stock market and options trading. And also please head over to wstrades.com. Thanks again.